You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern as we get you set for week two, which begins tonight with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers, a pair of 0-1 teams, each looking for their first win tonight. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram at aaron 88 Check out all my work at FullTimeFantasy.com. We have a Thursday night preview from Dr. Otto. We have the week one target snap recap, and that's a very important article, man. Just go through that. I know it's a lot of numbers, but it's very important to see how many snaps a player played. What was the distribution? You know, these are really important data points, and it's only week one, but it kind of gives you an idea of what is happening, and obviously we'll get more information this week, but... That's a very uh, good article. We have the week two player stock watch. The week two projections from Sean Childs are up. Uh, so tons of information there. You could also find our work on si.com slash fantasy. I have a look at sneaky starts up there. My stock watch article went up there yesterday as well. I will have deep sleepers on full-time fantasy tomorrow. So tons of great content up there. And if you have any specific questions, you could ask them on the message boards and forums. Obviously, uh, really busy in there. And look, I if the start-sit questions, it's best to ask them towards the end of the week. You know, if you ask on Wednesday, just so many things have changed as we're going to go over with some of the injury news. And I'll say it again, maybe not everyone heard, doesn't listen to the whole show. We don't find out about a lot of injuries until Wednesday. You know, we think, oh, yeah, this guy made it through the game on Sunday. We didn't hear anything Monday. We didn't hear anything Tuesday. Cool, we're good to go doesn't work like that. Sometimes we don't find out about these injuries until Wednesday when the coaches first address the media or the injury report comes out. And we found that out yesterday and today, as we'll go over in a few minutes. So I've always said this with anything in life. You always want to make the decision with the most information at your disposal. And we don't have that on Tuesday and Wednesday. We don't even have that today. There's a lot of situations we're just not sure about. And, you know, you just have to make the best roster moves to prepare you to make that decision on Sunday. Clearly, there's a lot of fantasy-relevant players in tonight's games. So, yes, we'll help you make those decisions. But there are a lot of decisions that we cannot make until Sunday morning as the inactives roll out. So just keep that in mind. I know everyone is in a rush. They want to make these decisions and get their lineup in. But ease back, man. We want to make the best decision possible. And you never do that by making rash decisions or rushing them. So uh, we'll take care of you, though. Any questions you have, you could ask them on the message boards and forums. Again, use the promo code RONAS50. You get your first two months for the price of one. And, of course, we have you covered for DFS as well with write-ups, optimizer, Slack chat. So we have you covered. A lot of different tools that you can use to win money. So make sure you check us out now and uh, let us help you guide you guys to the playoffs. So that's the goal. We want to get in the playoffs, and we know anything can happen at that point. Let's take a look at the latest news across the NFL right now. And I don't think this is a surprise, but uh, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network said that Ronald Jones is expected to get increased carries for tonight. So 
Peyton Barber remains the starter, as Bruce Arian said. But again, this is where the novice player kind of gets lost. And I posted a video on Maven about this, uh, about the Bills running back situation. People hear starter and they think, oh, well, he's the guy. It doesn't work like that in the NFL. The starter just means you're on the play field for the first play. So Barber could start tonight. Okay, he's on the field for the first play. And then he's out second play. And maybe he doesn't play as much snaps. So we're still trying to figure out this Buccaneers backfield. I could tell you this, Peyton Barber is not the guy. Don't want him. I know I have talked a lot about Dari Ogbenwale and drafted him a couple of weeks. I'm still holding him. It might be difficult to start him right now especially with no bye weeks. But if the Bucks do play from behind, as they did in week one, and have, as many people expect tonight as uh, the Panthers are favored by six and a half, that would mean Open Wally gets some more work because he did last week as the pass catching back. Uh, I think he had four receptions in that game. But Ronald Jones did look good. You know, it's been a rough start to his NFL career. He was terrible as a rookie. He didn't look good in the preseason. But he ran very well last week in that first game. I was impressed. I was like, wow, that's Ronald Jones. Showed some quickness, some power. So people, he was not available in a lot of leagues that I saw. I did see in one of the online championship leagues, he was picked up for like well over 300 bucks. Uh, and he could be available in more shallow leagues. I'm still not starting him, but he definitely is worth rostering at this point. Um, but he was, he was good last week with uh, 75 yards. And he didn't do anything last season. So he was a second-round pick last year. And it wouldn't be surprising if he becomes the lead back. Now, whether he catches passes is another story. So uh, not someone that we're starting tonight. Uh, the Panthers did struggle against the run last week. They allowed 166 rushing yards. But that was against the Rams, who obviously are one of the better offenses and a very good rushing team. I don't think we can say the same yet for this Buccaneers team, but it is certainly worth watching tonight to see how Ronald Jones fares, uh, to see how many carries he gets, uh, but definitely worth, you know, stashing if he is available in your league just to see how this plays out. I think at the end, though, we're not going to get much out of this backfield for fantasy purposes, and I still think this is a team that is going to be passing the ball quite a bit, and I know it was a terrible week one for that Buccaneers offense, and everyone's sour on Jameis Winston right now, but you have to be patient if you own him. I mean, you can go to another quarterback. I do have a league where I picked up Josh Allen in a 14-team league, and we'll play him over Winston this week, but I am still riding with Winston in a lot of leagues because there's no clear-cut better quarterback available on the waiver wire, and we know that Winston is erratic. We know there are going to be games where you look at him and say, man, what is he doing? Bruce Arians did say... Two of the three interceptions were not his fault. Peyton Barber ran a bad route. And the other one was through the hands of O.J. Howard. So the other pick six, though, was on Winston. But it is a short week. That is the concern. They're traveling on the road. Panthers are a decent defense. But the over-under when this one is 49. And as we touched upon in the first hour, the over-under, 280 passing yards for Winston. So I think Winston will play well tonight and surprise people. I think the Buccaneers offense does bounce back and puts up pretty good numbers. We'll continue to look at that game for tonight and go over some NFL news. A key running back mispracticed today. Who is it? We'll let you know next. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. I'll be joined by Bill Enright, FFChamps.com, coming up at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, find all my work, FullTimeFantasy.com, also SI.com slash fantasy as well. The running back that I was alluding to is Joe Mixon. The Bengals running back still missing practice today he was on the rehab field and the Bengals have said that he could miss practice this week and still play we really don't see that much anymore so you would like to see him at least do something on Friday Uh, my guess is he doesn't play but again just a gut instinct here and we're probably not going to know this until Sunday so Gio Bernard was probably available in some leagues and picked up and he's going to be a good play as long as Mixon is out. We've seen it over the last couple of years, including last year. There were two games where Bernard had to start for Mixon, and he averaged 19 points in PPR formats in those games. And the Bengals' offense is a lot better. That's one of the takeaways I looked at in week one. You know, with Zach Taylor taking over as head coach, you saw a different offensive mentality. They were a lot more aggressive, and they took shots. They preserved time at the end of the half to try and go for it instead of just running out the clock. So loved what I saw. Andy Dalton put the ball in the air a lot. And Dalton might be better in fantasy than we thought. Now, again, it's one week. But to go into Seattle, and I know Seattle's defense is not the same, but that's a difficult place to play. And they could have won that game. I thought they were the better team. So this offense looks better. And Gio Bernard will be a very good play this week if Mixon is indeed out. So... Again, that's a decision that you can't make. You know, there's probably going to be people in 12-team leagues that have some good running back depth. You might have Geo and a few other running backs. You really don't need to make any decision tonight, though, with those running backs because if you have McCaffrey, he's a lock and load every week. And I don't really feel good about any of the Buccaneers running backs to start right now. You know, I would roster Ronald Jones and Ogbenwale, but I'm not starting them until we see how this pans out because, again, they – basically all played a similar amount of snaps last week, and we didn't see much for Barber and Ronald Jones in the passing game. We did for Oakman Wally, but we didn't see much from him on the ground. So that is still a situation where you're not ready to start those players yet. So there shouldn't be any issue when you're making a decision with Gio tonight unless it comes down to the flex spot with some of those wide receivers. But uh, if you have any of those specific questions, you could uh, head on over to fulltimefantasy.com and ask them on the message boards and the forums. So interesting note here from Charles Robinson, who covers the NFL for Yahoo, about Antonio Brown. If the Patriots plan to have Antonio Brown active Sunday, it's important to note the NFL can only step in with a commissioner's exempt list designation if the league's investigation has advanced enough to warrant the move. And the NFL still hasn't spoken to Brown's accuser, Brittany Taylor. So... Looks like we will see Antonio Brown on Sunday, barring any last-minute 
step in by the NFL. But as I've said, I have no idea what the NFL will do because they never make any sense to me. It's just we've seen it in the past from Ezekiel Elliott, Tyree Kill, LaShawn McCoy. Never any idea what they're going to do. So um, just going to have to wait and see there. But my guess is you'll probably see Antonio Brown on Sunday. Uh, and we're just going to have to go week to week. And it's Antonio Brown. So I'm sure there'll be some crazy storyline that uh, happens uh, once again here with um, Antonio Brown. As we've just come accustomed to it. It's been a wild, wild ride uh, with, with what's going on here with Antonio Brown this offseason, and specifically the last week or two. Uh, this is following that Vegas. It was just stunning. Always checking my phone every second to kind of figure out what was going on. The Giants are really banged up at wide receiver right now. Sterling Shepard still dealing with the effects of a concussion. He did not practice today, and you would think that he is out. Uh, and the Giants receiving cores are already very thin. And Cody Lattimore... A calf injury did not practice today as well. Golden Tate suspended. So this is just awful right now. It's going to be a lot of Evan Ingram. We saw him have a big week one. You would think Buffalo would really just focus on him and try to take him out. But Ingram should get a boatload of targets as well as Saquon Barkley. But obviously the offense a mess right now for the Giants. Really, the only Giants you're starting are Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley. That's pretty much it at this point. So... Just a terrible situation there. Not good news on Darius Geis. He had surgery to repair a torn meniscus this morning. So he is going to be out indefinitely. They have not given us a timetable. So we'll see. They might actually put him on injured reserve. So it's something to pay attention to. So now all of a sudden, Adrian Peterson, who was inactive last week, will play along with Chris Thompson. Feel better about Chris Thompson this week? You know, if you feel like the team is going to be playing from behind... That will boost Chris Thompson, who did have seven receptions last week. But just this is awful for Darius Geis. And Geis is someone who I didn't draft at all this year. And I actually buried him in the rankings. And then I moved him up a little bit because of that last game that we saw in the preseason. But I was very concerned about Geis. You know, he had the torn ACL last year. He had setbacks, dealing with a hamstring and training camp. So people started to get really excited. And, you know, again, you could just say this is bad luck. But to me, there were signs there. This wasn't a good offense. The offensive line was an issue. Uh, you know, Peterson and Thompson were still in the picture. I didn't expect Peterson to be inactive in week one, a healthy inactive. So they talked about guys being a three-down back and someone they drafted accordingly. But, man, it just sucks. He has not been able to stay healthy. And I loved guys coming out of college. I was drafting him last year. Sixth, seventh round, it's a value at this point. I never felt that way. I just stayed away from him, and I should have just left my initial ranking. I think the initial ranking was like 40, and I did move him up to like 32, 33. But I would think if you follow my rankings, you probably don't have Darius Geis because there were a lot of people who were pretty aggressive on Geis in drafts, especially after that time that we saw him in the preseason. Uh, Trey Burton... Reportedly had a good day at practice. He did not play last week as he was dealing with a groin. So, you know, Bears offense was terrible last week. And, you know, Burton, I guess, could be an option for Hunter Henryona, but I doubt he was dropped. But uh, certainly 
you know, uh, tight end is very thin. If you lost Hunter Henry, man, you're going to the waiver wire. It, you know, a lot of people have two tight ends on their roster, you know. So it's difficult to kind of replace Hunter Henry and uh, those that have Hunter Henry know that feeling. So you're going to have to dig a little bit deep, maybe play the matchups each week or get ready to pounce off the waiver wire or make a trade. You know, I, I'm trying to make a trade in a league where I have Hunter Henry and there's a couple of teams that have, you know, a backup tight end. They have Hawkinson on the bench and it's McDonald on the bench. And I'm trying to make a deal. Uh, offer so far weren't successful, but uh, trying to make a deal in leagues that you can trade. Obviously, in the high-stakes leagues, you can't, and hopefully you have a decent backup tight end in that situation. Obviously, the Jets are the talk of football today, and it is not positive. In case you're just joining us, Sam Darnold will not play on Monday night against the Browns as he's dealing with mono, and this is going to be something that might have him miss several weeks. Fortunately... The Jets have a bye in week four, so they play Cleveland at home this week. Then they have New England. Then they have a bye. They have the Eagles, Cowboys, and New England again. I mean, this is just a nightmarish start for the Jets, who had a 16-0 lead last week against the Bills at home and lost 17-16. I'm not sure there's a win in there. But Darnold was a backup in leagues where you start one quarterback. He obviously was used in super flex leagues. And... Yeah, not a huge loss for, I mean, in super flex leagues, he has a big loss because there's not much on the waiver wire, and Trevor Simeon will start for the Jets. Uh, so it's not good. Uh, Robbie Anderson, certainly it hurts him, and he already has the tougher matchups. That's why it's opened things up for Jamison Crowder, and Simeon checks down a lot. So it might not hurt Jamison Crowder as much as you think. Obviously, the offense won't be as good, and I don't see them running as much. But I do think Crowder can still be effective from a fantasy perspective. But that's not the only issue the Jets have. There's another big player on the Jets that might miss time, or maybe he does play Monday night. Let you know who that is next as we continue to look at some of the top storylines across the NFL and injuries as we get you set for Week 2. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here, it is full-time fantasy sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. We're already here. Week two of the NFL season kicks off tonight. Panthers and Buccaneers. We'll talk about that game in a little bit. And if you need a preview on that game, you can head on over to fulltimefantasy.com. Got a preview of that game there now. Fantasy Football Week 2 Player Stock Watch. Also find my articles, si.com's. Slash Fantasy have Sneaky Starts article up there today. Stockwatch was posted yesterday. So use the promo code RONAS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by open or by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. 
Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. The other issue for the New York Jets right now is Le'Veon Bell. We don't know the extent of it. He is dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury, but he's not practicing today, and he's going to get an MRI. The Jets don't think it's serious, but they want to be cautious and get it checked out. So if you have the ability to go to the waiver wire right now, go get Ty Montgomery if he's available. I don't think he'll get the same workload that Bell got, but he should get the majority of the touches. That's what we saw in the preseason. Maybe Bilal Powell gets worked in a little bit, but, man, you just talk about things falling apart for the Jets quickly. I mean, who would have thought? Week two, potentially, against the Browns. Maybe no Darnold, no Le'Veon Bell. Uh, obviously, C.J. Mosley was an injury last week where you could see that defense wasn't the same when he left the game. Man, just a brutal, brutal start to the season. For the Jets, and uh, remember the Jets just acquired Demarius Thomas. He will not practice until at least Saturday. So Thomas certainly looked fine in the final week of the preseason with the Patriots and was straight over, but no way Demarius Thomas has much value, especially with no Sam Darnold. So just a real, real bad situation for the New York Jets right now. Uh, Greg Olson is listed as questionable on the injury report. He is expected to play tonight for the Panthers. Ron Rivera said he has no concern. The all all week they expected Olson to play, and you know they were obviously going to be a little leaning on him as far as practice being the veteran. So he's a dicey start. I cannot see starting him uh, unless you have major issues at tight end, as I alluded to in the first hour. In case you missed it. I do have Olsen in one league, and it's not because I wanted him. It was the Scott Fishbowl, which I'm sure you've heard a lot of people in the industry talk about, a draft we did in July. Uh, I only have two tight ends on that roster, Hunter Henry and Greg Olsen, so got no choice but to start Olsen. There is crap on the waiver wire, so if Olsen is indeed active, inactive tonight, I'll have to go pick up a, a scrub and pray that they do something. But you know, Olsen did get nine targets in week one. Uh, he caught four for 36 yards. He's just not the same player. It is a short week. Now, it is a great matchup against the Buccaneers. I know that they played better defense than we thought in week one against the 49ers, but still, uh, it is a good matchup. I would not roll with Olsen tonight, though, if unless I was absolutely desperate. Short week, and you know maybe they do scale back his snaps. And The interesting name, if Olsen were to miss time, is Ian Thomas. He is really good. We saw it last year when Olsen went down. Uh, Ian Thomas would be an instant pickup uh, for sure if something were to happen to Greg Olson. I did a best ball draft before the year where we start two tight ends, drafted Ian Thomas in that league. So, you know, he's a name to keep on the radar now. Or maybe even if you're in a deep league and there's nothing much of tight end, he's out there. Maybe you had Hunter Henry and there's really not much. You could always add him and see what he does tonight and worst case scenario, drop him. But uh, that's really more for deeper leagues. Uh, I would think they're could be a couple tight ends on your waiver wire who 
might have some options. But again, if you have any specific questions uh, and you're in a bad spot at tight end, uh, go to fulltimefantasy.com, go to the message boards and forums, and uh, we can help you out. The Athletics' Nate Taylor, he thinks it's going to be McCole Hardman and DeAnthony Thomas both filling the void with Tyreek Hill out. Uh, Reed said, Thomas has done it before, and McColl has kind of been in that position. We feel good working both of them. So, obviously, they both have um, speed. Look, I think it's going to be McColl Hardman. I picked him up in the Super Flex League last night for $12 out of 100 uh, I'm not starting him this week. He is in my article for Sneaky Starts. Now, I think sometimes people see that. And think, oh, he's a start. And then I'll get questions like, oh, do I start McCole Harbin over DJ Moore? No, that's not what I mean. Sneaky starts is players that might exceed expectations. And, you know, it's if you're in a bind. So I would not be surprised at all if Harbin has a big week this week going up against the Raiders who are hurt in the secondary. I haven't seen if Gary and Conley will play yet. Remember, he was carted off in the Monday night game. They also lost the uh, rookie safety as well. So... It's a matter of what is Hardman's role. Now, the positive thing for last week was he played 53 of 58 snaps. He didn't get a target, but I think part of that was they probably didn't have him incorporated as a big piece of the game plan because Tyreek Hill was there. And, you know, having him on the field and his speed is a threat, it, it opens things up on offense. Now, with Tyreek Hill out, uh, they're going to have to have him play a bigger role. So I, I think it's a situation where you want to see him get involved in that game plan first before starting him. But I do think he is worth having on the roster at this point because if you remember when Tyreek Hill had the allegations come up right around the draft, you know, we weren't sure. You know, I think everyone's initial opinion was, well, Tyreek Hill's done. And we saw it in early drafts, how he was going late. Uh, And then right at that point, they drafted McCole Harbin, who went way above anyone's boards. Uh, and to me, it was the Chiefs saying, okay, well, if he does miss time, we're going to get a similar player who has a lot of speed. He's not Tyreek Hill, obviously, but that would be the replacement. So that is my guess as to what the Chiefs will do, but we're going to have to wait and find out this week. But uh, uh, So I, I'm not starting him unless I'm, like, really desperate and I have, like, two or three. Like, maybe you had Sterling Shepard, Mike Williams, Tyreek Hill. Okay, now you're really getting thin, maybe in that spot. You don't have as many options, and I could see starting him. But like anything, uh, it's an individual decision based on your roster. And, you know, that's why I don't love, like, the start sit thing because it doesn't apply to everyone. Everyone's roster is different. I mean, it's basically a guideline to say, hey, these guys are in a good spot this week. But, you know, everyone's roster is a little bit different. Taking a look at the Panthers-Buccaneers for tonight, you know, I think Winston – is not a QB1, but I do think you can start him this week if you did draft him to be your starting quarterback. Now, as I said, I invested heavily in Winston, so he obviously hurt me big time in week one. He was in a lot of my lineups, and it probably cost me a couple of games, even though there was several top quarterbacks. Not that Winston is a top quarterback, but there were several quarterbacks that did not perform well last week. Again, first week of the season, new offense. I'm not going to panic yet. This is not a great spot this week, but the over-under is 49, and I do think Winston bounces back. So there are a few leagues where I am using him. I am not 100% confident, but I do think this game will see some points uh, here on Thursday night. I think Cam Newton bounces back as well. 
He didn't run much last week, which was the first time in his career he actually had a game with negative rushing yards. And I said that uh, leading up to the season that I would I was concerned about Cam early in the year coming off the foot injury because I could see the Panthers saying, hey, don't run much. Let's not aggravate it. But, you know, Newton is, you know, 30 years old now, and you got to think they want him to run less. So that could hurt his fantasy value a little bit. But this is a good matchup here uh, against the Buccaneers who have to travel in the short week. I think he should have some time in the pocket and look for him to get the ball in the hands of his playmaking wide receiver. So I think Cam Newton's in a good spot this week. As I mentioned with the Buccaneers running backs, I just don't see how you can play any of them right now. We did get that report earlier about Ronald Jones seeing increased touches. That's great. Let's see it first. Ogman Wally, 26 snaps last week. Jones, 22 snaps. Barber, 25 snaps. That is not good for fantasy. Ogman Wally, we know if they play from behind, he's the pass catching back, but you know that would be um, you know a low floor. I mean, the game sets up well for him. They're six and a half point underdogs, but you don't feel good uh, starting him. Um, but it was Ronald Jones though who had the most touches, fourteen touches on twenty-two snaps, and he did look good. Not ready to play him or any of these guys. And the, again, the Panthers were pretty bad last week against the Rams. But again, it was the Rams, so not playing any of those guys. Christian McCaffrey, I don't need you to. I don't need to say anything. You know, he was my RB one. I had the number one pick in a couple weeks. Took him. Mike Evans is going to be interesting. Uh, he was not good last week, dealing with an illness. And I think there are some people who are going to say, yeah, I can't play Evans this week. Uh, now he's going to see James Bradbury. And last year, Evans had two matchups against Bradbury, and they did not go well. One, he had 10 targets, one catch for 10 yards. The other one, he had six targets, four catches for 48 yards. So uh, I will, will play him. Uh, he's not the greatest play compared to most weeks because it's a tough slate. Uh, so in season long, I'm going to use him. Same thing with Chris Godwin, who did salvage his game with a touchdown last week. Uh, DJ Moore had a good game last week. He was targeted pretty heavily. So uh, like DJ Moore this week, I think Curtis Samuel bounces back. Uh, it was a little bit disturbing that he only had four targets in a game where the Panthers threw 38 times. But I do think uh, he's a solid wide receiver three this week as well for the Panthers. All right, when we return, I'm going to be joined by Bill Enright, FFChamps.com. He's been one of the most accurate rankers, according to Fantasy Pros, the last couple years. We'll talk some football with him as we get set to get ready for week two. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, we'll have Bill Enright in just a second. In the meantime, you could head on over to fulltimefantasy.com. Check out the preview for the Thursday night football game from Dr. Otto looking at the Panthers and the Buccaneers. The week one target snap recap is up. Again, very useful article to scroll through that. Obviously, you don't get to watch every single game, so we supply that information for you. 
You could see who was on the field, who wasn't, and obviously changes from week to week. But it kind of gives you an indication of the way teams feel about certain players. The week two projections from Sean Childs are up and always like looking at those because it's not the same as where you see everywhere else. It's a lot different. And uh, they usually are very, very accurate. Been top 10, according to Fantasy Pros, the last two years. So you could check that out. We got the stock watch as well. And you could check out my articles on Sports Illustrated as well, si.com slash fantasy. Got sneaky starts up there today. Joining me now, it is Bill Enright, ffchamps.com. Bill, what's going on? What's up, Adam? You're recovering from Vegas, all right? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, it was your first time there, your first experience. What did you think? I thought it was great. All the best fantasy players in the world in the same room, drafting all weekend. It was so exciting with the Antonio Brown drama. You know, that morning uh, on Saturday when he got cut by the Raiders, we were both running around like, you know, chickens with their heads cut off because we had to adjust rankings. We had to write articles. Two hours later, you know, he, he gets signed by the Patriots. So there was a big disparity in drafts on where Antonio Brown went. Late seventh, if you were drafting in the morning, early second, mid-second, if you were drafting in the afternoon. Tom Brady stock went up too. It was just a really incredible, busy, exciting, energetic weekend. And I was really happy to be a part of it. Yeah, I remember on Saturday I had a draft like a little while after the Antonio Brown news broke. And I figured, okay, where is he going to go in the draft? And I had the six pick, passed on him obviously in the first, passed on him in the second. He's there in the third. I said, you know what? I'm going to take the shot. And uh, it was probably a little bit later than where he went in the other drafts, and a couple people came over and said, oh, it's a great, great spot to take him. What a steal. Then that news came out about the lawsuit against them. So, you know, who knows? It looks like he's going to play. He was practicing today, but who knows long-term what's going to happen with him. But that's just kind of been the Antonio Brown saga. Yeah, it's, it's the never-ending uh, story with him uh, since he really left the Steelers. I mean, how good of a job did Mike Tomlin do for the last – five years kind of keeping him under wraps. And then all of a sudden it let loose last year, of course, but this season, this whole year really has just been the Antonio Brown drama story. And we're all dialed into it and, and watching it, you know, with relentless attention. Well, I'm just glad you're back home and not at the airport causing troubles, trying to get your bag checked. Uh, I think uh, Joyce needs to go take a break. <laughs> that was hilarious. That's you know, we're going to be saying that forever, and no one's going to know what we're talking about, but you and I will always laugh at that because it was just incredible. Yeah, and everyone has those moments uh, for sure. But, yes, that was definitely funny. So if you, you see Bill and I, we'll, we'll tell you in person. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, definitely funny, and uh, it was glad to have you out there. It was my third year doing this at the Palms for the Fantasy Football World Championships. It's always a great event, and I recommend that people make plans now to come out there next year because – uh, you play against the best fantasy players, big money on the line, and it's great camaraderie, great facilities, great setup. So make sure if you heard about it and you couldn't get out there this year, make sure you make plans now to come out there first weekend of the NFL season. But, uh, Bill, you got a lot going on, too, part of Bull Market Fantasy, working with Jim Cramer. Tell people about that, where they can find all that information in the videos you guys do. So, yes, Jim Cramer, Wall Street legend, former hedge fund manager. Now he owns uh, The Street. You can see him at Mad Money every day on CNBC. But Jim is a big-time Eagles fan, and he loves fantasy football. He's been playing it since the 1980s. And there's a lot of similarities between what he does in the financial world and on, on Wall Street and the stock market and what we do in fantasy football, right? It's all about investing in players that 
you think are moving up, moving down, have potential to do well. And we're bringing a lot of those similarities to the forefront of fantasy football. So every Tuesday and Thursday, bullmarketfantasy.com at 1045, I join Jim Cramer, and we have NFL beat writers from Maven Sports from around the league. Today we had a Browns reporter on. On Tuesday we had a Ravens reporter on. And we're going to continue to do that throughout the year and really kind of revolutionize the way people consume fantasy sports. It's all on video. We have a great, great uh, team over at bullmarketfantasy.com that is going to produce content around the clock and help people win their leagues just like you know you and I have been doing for years. And now we're just doing it to a much broader art thanks to, you know, the celebrity that Jim Cramer kind of brings to the table. Talking to Bill Enright, finding him at ffchamps.com. Jets are the big story today. You talk about going from a little bit of optimism to just everything falling apart in the span of a week. They blow the 16-0 lead in week one, lose to the Bills. Sam Darnold has mono. Le'Veon Bell going for an MRI on his shoulder. I mean, Trevor Simeon's going to start this week. What does this do for the Jets' offense? We know it's a downgrade, but is there anyone you could start this week in this offense? I think you still have to rely on Jamison Crowder. I mean, he got 17 targets last week. Even if it's cut in half, he still is in line for, you know, six catches. He, he led the league last week with 14 catches. So even with Trevor Simeon under center, I still think Crowder is going to get a boatload of targets. Quincy Anunua is out for the year. Uh, Demarius Thomas was traded there just this week, so I don't think he's going to be up to par with their playbook to make a big impact. I think he's still going to roll out Jameson Crowder. Hopefully we'll have some information about Le'Veon Bell and that shoulder because that kind of came out of nowhere. You and I were watching the games on Sunday, and we were jotting down every injury that we saw. We saw the Hunter Henry injury, injury before, it even ha- before anyone else really reported on it. We saw him walk gingerly off the field. Uh, you and I were talking about Juju Smith-Schuster, and we saw the toe injury. So we were going through every single game and all the injured players, and Le'Veon Bell was not one that we discussed. So I don't know if it happened this week in practice. I don't know if something happened in his personal life, but that came out of nowhere. So we'll see what the results of that MRI test are. I don't know if he'll be questionable. I don't know if they'll consider a game-time decision. It's all kind of a very fluid situation right now. Is it a coincidence that all of a sudden his quarterback is out for this week and Le'Veon Bell decided that his shoulder hurts? Who knows with this guy? I mean, we, we don't know what he's capable of. No one thought he'd hold out for the whole year last year, and that's exactly what he did. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Jets star running back this week. Yeah, and it really is a bad spot for fantasy owners because the game is Monday night, and you're probably going to have to make a decision Sunday morning. We'll have more news by then, obviously, and Ty Montgomery, if he is available, would become the pickup for those Le'Veon Bell owners. Uh, the Hunter Henry news was terrible. It broke during the show yesterday, and obviously he's going to miss at least four to six weeks, and I'm getting a lot of questions from Hunter Henry owners. They're looking for tight ends, and you know this. In some leagues, there's just not a lot of tight ends. If you're digging at the bottom of the barrel, is there any tight end that stands out that you know might be someone that could be a little sneaky for the Hunter Henry owner? You know, it's funny because C.J. Uzuma actually helped me win a fantasy championship last year where he scored a touchdown, and I think he had about 14 points in a PPR league. And I took that money to the bank, and I cashed in with a trophy. So uh, he's someone that I thought Andy Dalton looked to a lot more so than Tyler Eifert, who really just kind of seems like all those injuries stacking up over time and are really affecting his gameplay. Maybe they're just taking it easy with him. But Uzuma is a guy that I think will be involved in that passing attack. 
know, boy, Jay Green's not going to be back for a couple more weeks. So he might be someone that I'd take a look at. The, the, the thing about tight end is, and, and you mentioned it, it's already thin to begin with. So when one of these injuries do take place, it's really a struggle if you had Henry and only Henry. Um, but if a Dar- Darren Waller's out there, maybe you're in a 10-team league or in a 12-team league, and, and Darren Waller someone that is out there. I mean, even a guy like TJ Hawkinson, who was coming off the board as like tight end number 15, probably got picked up already a day after the waiver wires went through. That's when the Henry news came out. So that, that's certainly frustrating. Yeah, if Waller or Hawkinson is available in your league, I will join your league next year. Please send me yeah, right. an invite because uh, right. I just can't see that being the case. But, hey, you never know. There are some people playing 10-team leagues, and maybe it's not a sharp league. Not everyone is keeping up on this thing every second of the day like we are and the listeners. Lamar Jackson was extremely impressive in week one, and the detractors are saying, well, it's Miami. But if you watch that game, he really showed some accuracy on his passes. But is Lamar Jackson uh, a lock QB1 the rest of the year? Can he finish top five? He certainly can finish top five. I mean, he, if he continues that ridiculous amount of touchdowns that he had in, in week one, it's a shame that he doesn't play the Dolphins every week. But he is the youngest quarterback in NFL history to finish a game with a perfect passer rating. Uh, he had more touchdowns than he did in completions. Certainly impressive his chemistry with Hollywood Brown. I think the deep ball was on point. I think Mark Andrews' uh, utilization in that offense is exactly what a Lamar Jackson needs. I think their rushing attack needs to uh, stay productive in order for the deep threat to, uh, for you know, for anyone that's a deep threat. Let's just use Hollywood Brown as an example. I think in order for him to have success, the running game needs to stay on par. So hopefully Mark Ingram stays healthy. They'll use uh, Gus Edwards. They'll use Justice Hill. But I think Lamar Jackson, I mean, that, that potential, that, that playmaking ability is what intrigued so many fantasy managers this year, and he came out right out of the gate and, and really put it on display. We saw a big week from John Ross. Obviously, he's been a disappointment his first couple of seasons in the league. The Bengals' offense looked a lot better under first-year coach Zach Taylor. Uh, can Ross sustain this? I mean, obviously, he's not going to do that every week, but can he become someone that uh, we rely on as maybe a wide receiver three in fantasy this year? Yeah, so I'm not buying in on John Ross. A lot of people are, and sometimes I I don't like to go against the grain just to go against the grain. It's more so the fact that, I mean, listen, he had 210 yards combined last year. He already has 158 for the year. Uh, he's a guy that only had 21 catches last year. He's a third of his way there already with seven. I think one of his plays was a fluke play right before the half where he caught a 50-yard touchdown. Uh, his, his, other, his first touchdown was a flea flicker. So, okay, if he's going to be a gimmicky-type player, those are typically not going to be your consistent options in fantasy. And then you bring in the fact of what happens to him when A.J. Green is healthy. If you picked him up, I wouldn't chase the points right away. He is someone that you can use as like a poor man's Deshaun Jackson, where he might hit on a couple games, but he might be really frustrating for you as well. Sure, he ran the fastest 40-yard dash in NFL history, but to me, if you look at his sample size, he has a problem staying healthy. Andy Dalton is not necessarily known for really connecting on those deep-type passes. So I think Ross is going to be someone that's a little bit more of a headache, someone that's a little bit more inconsistent with his production. What do you make of Geronimo Allison in week one? He didn't even have a target, played about 50% of the snaps. Does he bounce back? 
He's on my uh, fantasy football world championship team. I did not drop him even with the zeros across the board. Obviously, I didn't start him either, so I, I didn't get hurt by his zeros. But I want someone part of that Packers at, uh, passing attack. As long as Aaron Rodgers is under center, I'm going to want as many options as possible. So he's someone I'm holding on to. All right, Bill, let people know again where they can find all your work, your videos, and your work with Jim Kramer. Yeah, bullmarketfantasy.com. Jim and I do a live show every Tuesday and Thursday at 1045 Eastern time. It's free to watch. You just go to bullmarketfantasy.com. And there's also an Ask Kramer section in there where Jim actually jumps in, kind of like the forums, and and, and answers people's questions. It's a lot of fun. And we're going to be bringing great fantasy football information all season long. All right, Bill, go take a break. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, Adam. All right, no problem. That is Bill Enright again. Find him. Working with Jim Craver doing videos and FFChamps.com. He's been top 10 in accuracy, according to Fantasy Pros, the last few years, as well as full-time fantasy. We'll return. We'll wrap it up with any breaking news across the NFL here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Again, find all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. I'll have my Deep Sleeper articles up tomorrow. We have our player stock watch article up, week one target snap recap, a preview of tonight's game from Dr. Otto between the Buccaneers and the Panthers. The week two projections are up. And again, any specific questions, ask on the message boards and forums and uh the questions are coming in fast and furious. This has already been a ton in the last few minutes, so we'll get to them. We'll help you out. We'll answer those start-sit questions. Also, find my work, si.com slash fantasy. Have the sneaky starts article up, stock watch from yesterday. Uh, big news of the day is the Jets. Sam Darnold not going to play on Monday night against the Browns. He's dealing with mono. He could miss several weeks. Remember, the Jets have a bye in week three. Le'Veon Bell going for an MRI on his shoulder. Their Jets are not worried. They're being cautious, but it is the Jets. So uh, stay tuned for that. Sterling Shepard still sidelined due to a concussion. Cody Latimer, who you would think might benefit if Shepard's out, he has a calf issue. He did not practice today. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler is reporting that Jaguars quarterback Nick Foles is targeting a week 11 return. He has a broken collarbone. He had surgery on Monday, and the recovery is about uh, 10 to 12 weeks. So uh, we'll see if he can make it back. In the meantime, sixth-round rookie Gardner Minshew will be the starter, and he was impressive last week. And it's always tough to read that because you could say, well, he came into the game. The opponent didn't have the game plan for him. On the other side, you say, well, you know, he just got thrown into the fire, didn't have time to think and perform well. So we'll see what he does this week. He was obviously a big addition in super flex leagues where you can start two quarterbacks and anyone who is a starting quarterback for the most part does 
get rostered there. Joel Mixon did not practice today, still dealing with that ankle issue. The Bengals have said even if he doesn't practice much this week, he could play. And Jordan Reed seems to be trending in the right direction. There's some more optimism regarding him. And that's not good news if you picked up Vernon Davis, if you were a Hunter Henry owner, and you hope that he could play. And Darius Guy's surgery to repair a torn meniscus. We'll see if he gets placed on the injured reserve. We'll be back tomorrow giving you some DFS plays and previewing the games. 2 p.m. Eastern, Friday. That wraps it up here. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.